created equal, that they are. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free. Hey guys, how's it going? Glad to have you all here with us this week on Monday morning. So we're going to dive right into the conversation. I want you all to listen to a few clips, and we're going to get into this one second. Is the sound fine? Because I didn't hear anybody in the live chat respond at all, if the sound is good or not. So I hope you all can hear me fine. Yes? Okay? Out of hundreds? Perfect. All right, so what we're talking about tonight is America made war on drugs. Now, this has been going on for quite some time, and it's crazy how this the government has tricked people and scared people into believing there's some... Um, uh, necessarily epidemic war on drugs, and especially if if the problem is they it act, they act like it it just happened in the United States out of nowhere. Um, so it's been the war on drugs been going on for quite some time. Nixon, uh, I guess, was the one that coined that terminology. He came on on um, asking uh, Senate, I'm asking Congress for money. So I want y'all to listen to him beg for money. Um, I'm going to skip part of it because I want it's, it's kind of like four minutes long. I'm going to skip part of what he's talking about. So he gets up there. He's walking up there like, oh, my gosh, I have, I have to tell you about public enemy number one. And it's a war on drugs. So we'll get to him. Then we're going to go on down to Reagan in a second. But one second, you guys. Going to join me here. Won't you be seated, please, ladies and gentlemen? Come on, Dr. Jaffe and Mr. Krogh, Mr. Rudd. Fine. Fine. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to summarize for you the meeting that I have just had with the bipartisan leaders, which began at 8 o'clock and was completed two hours later. I began the meeting by making this statement, which I think needs to be made to the nation America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. I have asked the Congress to provide the legislative authority and the funds to fuel this kind of an offensive. This will be a worldwide offensive dealing with... So, he tells you the first thing, that why they're doing this in the first place. It's money. They tell on themselves. 
but they try to they have to sell this to the public. They have to sell this to us so that so it doesn't look like the government's just attacking in its own citizens. So let's get back to this this man. With the problems of sources of supply as well as Americans who may be stationed abroad wherever they are in the world, it will be government wide pulling together the nine different fragmented areas where within the government in which this problem is now being handled. And it will be nationwide in terms of a new educational program uh, that we trust will result as, uh, from the discussions that we have had. With regard to this offensive, uh, it is necessary first to have a new organization. And the new organization... We need a new organization. We need more power. Okay, here we go. ...organization will be within the White House... Uh, Dr. Jaffe, who will be one of the briefers here today, will be the man directly responsible. He will report directly to me. And he will have the responsibility to take all of the government agencies, nine, that deal with the problems of rehabilitation, uh, in which his primary responsibilities will be research and education, and see that they work not at cross-purposes, but work together in dealing with the problem. If we're going to have a successful offensive, we need more money. Consequently, I'm asking the Congress for 150. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Five million dollars in new funds, which will bring the total amount this year in the budget for drug abuse, both in enforcement and treatment, to over 350 million dollars. As far as the new money is concerned, incidentally, I have made it clear to the leaders that if this is not enough, if more can be used, if Dr. Jaffe, Jaffe, after studying this problem, finds that we can use more, more will be provided. In, order In other words, we're going to keep this going. This is never going to end. So that's Nixon's piece of this. So what really got me more so interested in this discussion, because this is important. What is the purpose of having this conversation? I know some of you guys already know this. Hey, some of y'all might know more details than I do. You might know everything, everyone's birthday, Ollie Norris, all of them people's birthdays down to the T. But why is this important right now and with the constitutionalist movement and everything? Because these people have committed a crime. This government has committed a crime. It's our government. Now, who runs our government? Well, consistently for 174 years, there's been two parties that's been consistently running, running this show, the government. And if you go through and look at the different um, presidents we've had or different people who've been in office and who, who have power over these different agencies like the DEA, CIA, FBI, both parties have um, had a hand in all of this stuff going on. So I want to do this real quick with you guys. I, I'm quite sure you guys are not dumb, but I'm going to read this for those who are learning, who don't know, because, you know, not everyone listening does know um, what treason is. We're going to define treason because if we're trying to, to take our government back, this these things right here are open public information that tell you what treason is. They're committing treason. So. And I'm defining this first. So when we go through all the rest of the list and the evidence that so you guys already have in your mind, the definition, what this means and what the government has done themselves and how they'll use these laws against their citizens, but not themselves. Whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason and shall suffer and shall suffer death or we shall be imprisoned 
not less than five years and fined under this title, but not less than $10,000 and shall be capable of holding any office under the United States, which is really important is they shall not be capable of holding any office in the United States of America. We're, we're talking about solutions. How are we going to get these people out? How are we going to get rid of these Democrats or Republicans? We've committed crimes. So let's point out these different crimes that they're doing. So this here is treason. And what do they, what do they say? The, the, well, if you're guilty of treason, it's death um, or some prison time. I don't think we should be polite on the prison time. They've done enough. There's been lots of people who have died in the name of what they're trying to do and accomplish here in this country. So, and the other thing is, I'm gonna get to another one here in a second, but um, there's I I've we're gonna get there to some other things. So we have Nixon air. I want to hop over to to um, Reagan. Reagan is praised as one of the best presidents in United States history. Um, he gets a lot of positive discussions. Every you can see a picture of Trump, half his face, and then half the other faces Reagan, and everyone just thinks Reagan is this amazing president. Well, I'm here to say, no, he's not. And I was one of those people who thought that he was so great until I found out that he needed money and funding for a war. And so he used the CIA to um, sell drugs to um, to the American population in South Los Angeles in the black community and then turned around. They were the drug dealers. So these are the drug dealers, the government. And turn around and lock up other people and use their people to snitch on them to lock up other people and put them in prison. Are you hearing me right? That happened here in the United States of America, and that's just no one talks about it. Oh, it's okay. But you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get more into details on that. Let's we have another president to listen to. He was sitting on a, on the couch with his wife. You know that they do this? Like when they want to tell you something, like, hey guys, we're about to screw you. Let me go sit on the couch with my wife and we're going to look at each other and smile and talk about how we care about American people, what we're going to do to you. And just, you're going to be okay with it. Like, it's, it's, this is insane um, that this has been going on for so long. So let's listen to Reagan uh, sell his pitch to us that, you know, we have a, a major drug problem in America and how he needs money too. Hold on. Let me skip ahead. By the way, this is an edit version. It's not the full speech. It's part of it. Good so, evening. Yeah. Usually I talk with you from my office in the west wing of the White House, but tonight there's something special to talk about, and I've asked someone very special to join me. Nancy and I are here in the west hall of the White House, and around us are the rooms in which we live. It's the home you've provided for us, of which we merely have temporary custody. Nancy's joining me because the message this evening is not my message, but ours. And we speak to you not simply as fellow citizens, but as fellow parents and grandparents and as concerned neighbors. It's back to school time for America's children. And while drug and alcohol abuse cuts across all generations, it's especially damaging to the young people on whom our future depends. So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. America has accomplished so much in these last few years, whether it's been rebuilding our economy or serving the cause of freedom in the world. What we've been able to achieve has been done with your help, with us working together as a nation united. Now we need your support again. Drugs are menacing our society. They're threatening our values and undercutting our institutions. 
They're killing our children. From the beginning of our administration, we've taken strong steps to do something about this horror. Tonight, I can report to you that we've made much progress. I have a question. If if they're sitting here telling you, hey, America, we need your help. We have a problem. These drugs are doing this to our communities and they're killing our children. But then you know that the ones who put it in the communities in the first place, isn't it like an admission of guilt? You know, when you once you find out what they did and then and it turns around, they are the ones who did it. And they're saying that this is a problem. How come they're, we, we as people hold these people accountable for what they've done? Just just think about that. I'll keep letting him sell his crap to us. Ugh, here we go. Why is it so? In a vigorous national effort. And by next year, our spending for drug law enforcement will have more than tripled from its 1981 levels. We have increased seizures of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. Last year alone, over 10,000 drug criminals were convicted and nearly $250 million of their assets were seized by the DEA. So they stole their money. They say it was seized. They stole their money. A lot of these times, they didn't even have a crime against them yet. They didn't have any court stuff at, at all yet. They just came and took all this shit. That's not legal in America to do that. But they make excuses like this to make excuses to infringe people's rights. So we're like thinking, oh, no, the government's doing what's good for the community. They can do this. Like, no, this is not okay. what they're doing. So here, I'll let them go on. And in the most important area, individual use, we see progress. In four years, the number of high school seniors using marijuana on a daily basis has dropped from one in 14 to one in 20. The U.S. military has cut the use of illegal drugs among its personnel by 67% since 1980. These are a measure of our commitment and emerging signs that we can defeat this enemy. But we still have much to do. Okay, I'm done with that for now. So real quick, we're going to get into um, Gary Webb, the star of the show this evening. Um, this this discussion here with them selling us and scaring people into these unconstitutional things, asking for all this money, how much money they poured into this program for so many years. is If you think about this, how much money were they making with the, with the cartel and giving them weapons and then... Um, not cartel, just not just cartel, but giving these um, weapons to people to other countries for exchange for drugs to sell to the people in American uh, communities. There's a mon- money right there, and then to turn around and then use those same operatives to arrest regular people who you have recruited to join your business of drug dealing with the government. And these people didn't even know that these people were part of the. Um, were part of the, were, that they're getting snitched on. They were like, oh, no, I'm actually getting my supplies from this person. And then it comes to find out it's the American government. So not only did you make money off of that, you're making money off of putting them away in prison and taking away their livelihood, their freedom. And not only did you take away that, you take away all those assets they made from selling the stuff that you did. So it's just kind of like, it's like a, if, if my employees are working and they're all doing their job and I just decide, you know what, let me just take all your shit too. And, you know, I'm going to make you work for free now. Like where, and do people not see what that is? That's slavery. That's, that's crazy. Um, 
And then when the news came out, they, you know, they always say if something is over here distracting you, you have to look at the other direction and see what's going on. But let's hear from Gary because I didn't know all this stuff about Reagan initially. And it's and it's crazy to me that anyone would think that this is a good president after if you know this stuff. Um and then when you have the Democrats and Republicans going back and forth, pointing fingers at each other, no, you're racist. No, you're racist. No, you're racist. I'm just like, wait, you're both like, I don't know, Republican Party. What, what were you doing putting freaking cocaine in the black community and and then arresting them for selling your shit? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. And all these, it's like they pass the baton, both sides, pass the baton on fucking over the American citizens in this country. And it's just insane to me that anybody would want to stand for any of these parties anymore, like any at all, like what they've done to this nation. So we're going to hear a bit from Gary. Uh, I'm not going to cut him off too much, but I might have a few questions. Uh, let's hear from Gary Webb. Um, he is a hero. Do not forget this man. He's, he's a whistleblower on the CIA when he's the one who found out about the CIA actually um, being the ones giving the, the crack cocaine uh, to the communities themselves and then locking people up for doing it. He's the one who did that. And so he's, he is no longer with us. Um, they said he committed suicide with two bullet wounds to the head, just saying. I don't know how that's possible. Um, and then they tried to mess up his reputation, his name. They tried to, they tried to scare off all his sources. So it sounded like he was lying. And then the mainstream media all came together to say, to make a public opinion on him and that he was lying. So, but it did come out that he wasn't lying. So we'll get to that in one second. We're here from Gary now. ruffle feathers and it draws lawsuits and it gets newspapers in trouble old pirates yes they rob I sold I've been an investigative journalist for about 25 years for daily newspapers and in 1996, I wrote a series of stories entitled Dark Alliance, uh, which was about CIA involvement in drug trafficking. What my story showed was that the cocaine that was being sold in those neighborhoods uh, was coming from mainly one source, and this one source was being used to finance a guerrilla war in, in Central America. The general idea of the CIA dealing drugs um, was something that the American mainstream press had never written about before, and that's why it prompted outrage among blacks, among drug reform activists, among uh, politicians, by the CIA, by every federal agency involved in the drug war, because it showed they weren't doing their jobs, that it, that it was a fraud. Right after we published the stories, um, the the support we got from the media was very favorable. Um, Newsweek magazine did a big piece on the story and said it was well documented and well researched. The website was getting like a million hits a day. There were marches in Watts. There were marches in Compton. There were candlelight vigils. Uh, every California senator demanded an official investigation. Uh, so the story itself is really building momentum. The government reaction was no reaction, and 
This, I, I believe, was a, a very careful strategy because nobody was going to believe the government if they came out and said we didn't do it. Um, the proof was fairly overwhelming since we had all these government documents showing that, that, that it had happened. So what happened was they let the so-called liberal press speak for them. And they had the national security reporters at the Washington Post, who coincidentally used to work for the CIA, uh, write stories saying, it doesn't mean anything. It was a, a distraction from what the story said, and it became sort of a media war uh, between the Mercury News, which stood behind the story at that point, and the rest of the establishment media who wanted us to back away from it. And part of that reason was because these major newspapers had written about this issue back in the 1980s, but had written about it very dismissively, as if this is nonsense, it doesn't happen, it never happened. And then 10 years later, we came back with documentation showing that it was absolutely true and that it was worse than we We had gotten a story out around them um, and we had gotten it out in a big way that they couldn't control, and that was through the Internet. And I think a lot of this was directed to the Mercury News to say, we don't care what documentation you have, we don't care what kind of story you've got. I wish whoever did this did not have this loud-ass music in the background and we could hear him better. I apologize. It's kind of annoying. We set the national news agenda, and... If we don't like your story, we will kill your story, regardless of its truth. The media rejoiced when this came out, uh, because it meant they had won. Uh, they had forced a newspaper to back away from a story that was true, um, simply because um, of this barrage of, of criticism, of mindless criticism, essentially, that really took its toll on the editors of the newspaper. And they were, they were being seen as sort of outcasts um, from the club. And um, I think they made a political decision that it was better in the long run to take a dive on this story and uh, get back in the good graces of the rest of the media. It was essentially a war between my editors and myself because I wouldn't apologize for the story or back away from the story and uh, fought them on it publicly. And so they transferred me to a bureau that was 140 miles from where I lived, and um, I called in sick a lot. One of the things I'm proudest of uh, in regards to that story is, is the website that the Mercury News set up, um, because it really was the first time uh, that a newspaper brought its readers not only into the interior of the paper, <clears throat> but into the reporter's notebooks. Um, you know, this was a story that, that, as I told my editors, had a very high unbelievability factor built into it. A lot of people were going to say, this can't be true. And this story became a sensation because of the website. Not, not because of the story, but because people could get to it. And they could never have gotten to it before because the San Jose Mercury News is a small regional newspaper in Northern California um, that you couldn't read if you lived in New York or you couldn't read if you lived in L.A. But this story you could read anywhere in the world.
and see all of our documentation. So it became, and we did this on purpose, to make it very hard to knock down, to make it very difficult for people to say this didn't happen. But they said it didn't happen anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Let's go to the website for the, the government and what they have decided to say on this. APEC say background in United States funding of the Contras. In examining the allegations in the Mercury News and elsewhere, it is important to understand the timing of funding in the Contras by the United States. The following dates explain the periods during which the United States government provided funding to the Contras or cut off such funding. So what I want to start off here is when Ray Ronald Reagan took office in January 1981, he promptly canceled the final 15 million payment of the 75 million aid package to Nicaragua and reversing the Carter's administration's policy towards them. On November 17th of 1981, President Reagan signed National Security Directive 17 authorizing provisions of covert support to anti um, Senadista, if I'm saying that correctly, forces. On December 1st, 1981, Reagan signed a document intending to conceal the um, November 17th authorization of anti-Santa's um, operation. The documentation um, categorized United States go in Nicaragua on that and interdi uh, interdicting the flow of arms from Nicaragua to El Salvador, where leftist guerrillas were receiving aid from those forces. So um, then there, there had Edward Boland, chair of the House Select Committee on the Intelligence. He introduced an amendment to the fiscal year of 1983 defense appropriations bill that prohibited the CIA, the principal um, covert American support for the Contras from spending funds for the purpose of overthrowing the government of Nicaragua. However, the CIA could continue to support them if they claimed that the purpose was something other than overthrowing the government. In December of 1983, a compromise was reached and Congress passed a funding cap for the fiscal year of 1984 um, of $24 million for, the, for that aid, an amount significantly lower than what Reagan administration wanted and with the possibility that the administration could seek uh, supplemental funds later. So Reagan needed that funding. Um, the, the, the Congress wasn't too... They weren't his buddy, so they weren't giving him what he wanted. So here we go. Fast forward. Um, the funding was insignificant in support of the administration's Contra program, and the decision was made to approach other countries for the uh, monetary support. In April of 1984, uh, Robert McFarlane convinced Saudi Arabia to contribute one million per month to the Contras through a secret bank account set up by the lieutenant governor. Sorry, lieutenant uh, colonel. Oliver North, Ollie North. In October 1984, the second Boland Amendment took effect and prohibited any military or paramilitary support for Contras from October 3rd, 1984 through December 19th, 1985. As a result, the CIA, the Department of Defense, DOD, began withdrawing personnel from Central America. During this time, however, the National Security Council continued to provide support for the Contras. In August of 1985, Congress approved $25 million in humanitarian aid to the Contras with the provision that the, the State Department, not the CIA or the DOD, 
administer the aid. President Reagan created the Nicaragua Humanitarian Assistance Office to supply the humanitarian aid. In September 1985, Oliver North began using the Salvadorian Air Base um, for that. And on October 17th of 1986, Congress approved 100 million funds for the Contras. 1987, after the discovery of private resupply efforts, Orchestrated by the National Security uh, Council and Oliver North, Congress ceased all, all, uh, all but non-lethal aid in 1987. The war between the Santos and the Cortes ended in ceasefire in 1990. Um, so that was Reagan could get the money he needed. That was what the reason was, the, I guess, for that. But then coming to America and facing them and telling us that oh, there's a, there's a. Um, there's a big problem with with the war on drugs and you're doing this, that, and the third, and you're actually the ones, you are the drug dealer. It's, it's, it's crazy. So if I had to ask myself another question, I said, there's no way in hell this is over. They said this is done. They're still doing it. I'm thinking, what about the cartel? The cartel's not going anywhere. Neither party cares about the borders. It's political theater. They pretend like they care about the borders, but they really do not. See, we've had, we've had, um, quite a few back and forth Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican presidents, and then they still don't have a hold on the border situation. So that's intentional to me. So I was like, okay, let me do a little digging. Let me see what's going on. Has there been reports about the um, the U.S. government working with the cartel? So if you guys do go to the website, www.notpoliticalproperty.com, I do have uh, several links on there for you guys to look at different articles to, to you know, to prove this stuff here. Now, I, I do want to um, hop over to this real quick. One second. Before we get to that um, cartel thing, because let's go back to treason and what it, what it means. Uh, let's go back to uh, what our government has done, the crimes they've committed. So there was a case that happened a couple years ago uh, where this uh, a family was murdered. So hold on. There was a Mexican cartel accused and the gruesome killings of nine women and children from an offshoot uh, Mormon community. Uh, they were uh, supposed to pay $1.5 billion to this family. A federal judge from North Dakota ruled. The family of the victims filed a lawsuit accusing Javez Cartel of carrying out the November 19th attack in Mexico as retribution uh, for the public criticism and protests against the cartel. Cartel members allegedly fired hundreds of rounds of ammunition to vehicles and then set them on fire. Mexican authorities said in 2020 that the mastermind of the attack was one of 17 was one of the 17 people arrested. So the, the U.S. Judge uh, Claire Hotcher-Halters, guys, I'm terrible at names, so don't like, laugh if you want to. I'm going to try. Hotcher-Halters Award uh, would be automatically tripled under the Federal Anti-Terrorism Act. You get that. They're using the Anti-Terrorism Act is what they're going to use to triple the giving these people money. So increasing the amount to $4.6 billion, the government can freeze assets of terrorist organizations, but it's unclear if the U.S. Treasury Department holds any cartel assets. So if, if these people are being, they said they're terrorists, they've been deemed as terrorists, and they're using the Anti-Terrorism Act on this case here of what happened to them, how is it the U.S. government can sit there and partner up with a particular cartel to go up against another cartel and not be deemed a terrorist group themselves. 
you are a whole cartel. You are working with the cartel. So that was wanted to use that example of what happened and how that was ruled. And so if you have the American government working with the cartel, I also I think it's really strange, too, how the government can have agents as undercover agents doing crimes to catch someone else doing crimes. Like, they're, they're literally criminals themselves, but they're over here locking up, up in, in drones. America has the most um, incarcerated population in the entire world. In the most free country in the world, you have the most people locked up in this country. So let's get to this... Um, Let's get to these articles real quick about the U.S.'s involvement here with the cartel. So this article came out on January 14th of 2014. Um, like I said, this obviously the cartels are still here. They're still doing what they're doing. And then, like I said, this is never, ever going to stop until we stop it. But here we go. So U.S. government and top Mexican uh, drug cartel exposed as partners. Now, I do want to get you guys that link in on the show. But like I said, you go to www notpoliticalproperty.com, all these links for all the things I'm talking about here because I want to make sure that's a base that we're using that you guys can go and click and read on these things while we're talking on the show. So I'm, I'm, gonna put, I'm not going to be putting as many links in the live chat. And I do need to speed this up a little bit. We can have a part two in this discussion because the time is uh, it's almost past. The, it's, over, it's over 33 minutes now, so I'm going to hit these points here real quick. And I'll bring you all up if you want to ask some questions and talk. Um, for over a decade, um, under multiple U.S. Uh, um, government administrations, the government had secret agreements with the ruthless Mexican Sinaloa drug cartel um, that allowed it to operate with impunity. In-depth investigation by leading Mexican reporter, uh, Mex- uh, oh my gosh, leading Mexican newspaper confirmed this week. In exchange for the information and assistance in quashing competing criminal um, syndicates, the Bush and the Obama administrations let um, Sonalia cartel import tons of drugs into the United States while wiping out their competitors and ensuring that its leaders would not be prosecuted for their long list of major crimes. Other revelations also pointing strongly to massive, but um, classendine, a U.S. government involved in drug trafficking. Relying on over 100 interviews with current and former government functionaries on both sides of the border, as well as official documentations from the U.S. and Mexican governments, Mexico's El Universal concluded that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and the U.S. Justice Department has secretly worked with the Mexican drug lords. The controversial conspiring led to increased violence across Mexico, where many tens of thousands have been murdered in recent years. The newspaper found it after this long um, probe, year-long probe. The U.S. agents and their shady deals with Mexican drug lords even spark what the paper call a secret war inside of Mexico. Let's see, next piece here. Let me get to this real quick because there's names. And um, I want to get to this. Okay, also part of the U.S. government's deal with Sonalia's analysis, the Zambeda... And like I said, I'm not good with these people's names. They're like, you know, sorry. Um, have said was the Obama administration's fast and furious gun running program to arm Mexican cartels as U.S. taxpayers' expense. Most recently, a whistleblower from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives (ATF) said that the U.S. Border Patrol agent Brian Terry, killed with a fast and furious gun, was murdered by the criminals working for the FBI. 
It is clear that some of these weapons were deliberately allowed by the FBI and other government representatives to end up in the hands of this cartel, stated that a motion filed in the U.S. court uh, of Zambada defense team added that the U.S. government has documentation showing that the weapons were provided by authorities pursuant to the agreement. According to the former officials and drug uh, kingpins, the agreements between um, Sanala and Washington also allowed for the criminal empire to ship multi-ton quantities of hard drugs across the border into the United States. So we all want to think about something real quick. We're having a fentanyl issue right now. And you think that this isn't, they're acting like, just like they always have. This is the whole pattern is the same. I don't know how these drugs are getting here. They're killing our children. We're having a fentanyl problem. It's the same damn thing. And by the way, before I continue reading this, because since I bring, I brought up fentanyl, I also want you all to listen to Donald Trump say that we should um, deem drug dealers as, um, we should give them the death penalty. Um, let me get that for you guys real quick. I hope I didn't exit out of that. There it is. Here we go. Before I talked about trade, I talked about something more important. I said, listen, we have tremendous amounts of fentanyl coming into our country, kills tens of thousands of people. I think far more than anybody registers. And I'd love you to declare it a lethal drug and put it on your criminal list. And their criminal list is much tougher than our criminal list. Their criminal list, a drug dealer gets a thing called the death penalty. Our criminal list, a drug dealer gets a thing called, how about a fine? And when I asked President Xi, I said, do you have a drug problem? No, no, no. I said, you have 1.4 billion people. What do you mean you have no drug problem? No, we don't have a drug problem. I said, why? Death penalty. We give death penalty to people that sell drugs. End of problem. What do we do? We set up a blue ribbon. Or the solution can be is have the government stop selling the citizens drugs and locking them up. And we wouldn't have the problem that you create in the first place. But look, well, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's just go and kill off the drug dealers. Let's just give them all the death penalty. Good idea, Donald Trump. Just fantastic. Anywho, uh, let me get back to uh, this discussion real quick on these America and, and their cartel issues here. People don't know this. We don't pay attention. We don't do our research. You know, like I didn't know this. I do research all the time, but... This once it crossed my mind, I had to ask the question. I don't think this stuff stopped. This stuff is still going on. This isn't. This isn't. It, this stuff hasn't ended. And then a lot of times uh, with this, the um, the United States did not have the permission from the Mexico government to be making these deals that they were making. They didn't have the permission of the government to do. It. They just did it anyways. Working with the cartel, they're cartel themselves. So the last thing I want I want to put on the table real quick, you guys, is the other thing that's considered um, that we we're talking about um, treason already. We covered treason, um, seditious conspiracy is the other thing I want to talk about. Twenty three eighty four. Now, technically, they're not doing it on our soil. They're having these meetings and secret meetings at hotels and talking to cartel people on Mexico's territory. Now, they may have done it over here, but I haven't seen any reports where they've done it over here. 
but they're having these meetings over there. And I want to ask yourself, too, when these politicians um, do the political theater, pretending like they're going to the border and looking at what's going on. Oh, look at this, this border that we are not doing anything about. Look at this border that we have created the problem for. They're probably actually actually having meetings with cartels and they're just pretending like they're looking at the border. Then they turn their cameras off and they cross the border and they're talking with the cartel people and they're working on, hey, how much money can we make this month? How much supply can we get in America now? Like, that's what they're really probably doing. Anyways, if two or more persons in any state or territory or in any place of subject to the jurisdiction of the United States conspire to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States or to levy war against them or to oppose by the force of authority, therefore, or by the force to prevent, hinder, or delay execution of any law of the United States or by force of seize, take, or possesses any property of the United States contrary to authority thereof, they shall each be fined under this title or imprisoned, not um, not more than 20 years or both. And a lot of times these agents are going over there with more than one person. That's why I wanted to bring that up. And then you notice they're, they're not actually technically, I guess, doing it on our soil. So, you guys. You guys are going to go ahead and come up here. We're going to have this conversation more often. I just wanted to go in, in depth more so about this and what we can do as a country. Our government has been committing treason for a long time, and they haven't been held accountable for it. You want to get rid of these parties. We want to get rid of the government system. We have a lot of different options, but definitely these things are public information that we can use to get rid of people and get rid of these, um, not people necessarily, but get rid of these parties. But hey, John, how are you? I'm good, Donnie. Uh, good, good segment. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was <clears throat> my big issue with Reagan was in 1986, where he signed into law the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which basically what it did was create the immunity that we talk about now for pharmaceutical companies from lawsuits over claims from vaccine injury. And uh, the thought at the time was if the companies could be held liable for injury, it would reduce the, the profitability of vaccines, which, which I would like to see personally. Uh, and that was really the starting point where the drug industry, the pharmaceutical industry, just, just took off. And there was just, a, as we all know, there's a huge swelling of vaccines that continue to grow to this day. And, and, uh, but it really started with that. that that's where the immunity from prosecution started when that law was signed in. I, I thought that was one of the worst things that Reagan did. Um, however, I wanted to mention too, though, when you talk about Nicaragua, that was um, an interesting time because I remember that. You know, that's when the Sandinistas overthrew the Nicaraguan government and they were communists. Then their goal was to spread communism throughout Central America. And they, they weren't uh, shy about saying that. And uh, so they also came under international criticism for human rights abuses, such as mass executions of uh, indigenous people to, uh, uh, to Nicaragua and Central America. And they were planned to invade, you know, like Costa Rica and a lot of other places and uh you know the thing of it is 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 reagan tried by hook or crook to get aid to the uh, contras which was formed to combat the sandinistas and you know like in costa rica for example they say like you all three-fourths to to a large percentage of the families have a picture of reagan in their homes because they felt that reagan saved them 
from the Sandinistas and the communists. Because, I mean, they were brutal. The Sandinistas were absolutely brutal. And uh, the way they went about getting the funding, yeah, you know, it was by hook or crook. And there's a lot to be said, you know, like what Oliver North did and things like that. But but it was uh, a dangerous time. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Sandinistas were, were certainly a threat. They were heavily backed by Cuba, by Castro and the Soviet Union at the time. And so it was, you know, but as far as what you're saying, like in cohorts with the drug dealers, like what's going on now, like with Mexico and what has been going on with recent presidents. I mean, I, I agree with you on all that. And, uh, uh, it's, it's maddening and, you know, it's, it's, it's maddening to see how the, uh, nobody touches the pharmaceutical industry and they're, they're so powerful now. And uh, it's really getting out of control. I mean, it's 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 like every year people are going to need a uh, a COVID vaccine because their immunities are basically destroyed by that vaccine. And uh, it's really criminal to see what's happening on a large scale. So uh, that's all I wanted to say. I'll uh, stop so some other people can get on. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming up and sharing that. Hey, private. Hello. Hey. What you say is true. The government is treasonous, liars, and uh, only one way to fix it, but we'll never get the chance to do it. Unless uh, the people do something, but you got to inform them first. Information is the way forward. Spreading information. Yeah, you know, when that, when that news first came out, you know, with, with uh, Gary Webb, people were protesting. They were, they were upset. They can't believe that you would do this to the American people in, in order to raise money for some other country's issues. Like, you do that to the, your black community. And, and then it, it's just like... There's no excuse. You don't sacrifice your people and hurt your people. And then you turn around and lock them up for something you put in their communities. And there was people who were, who did stand up, but then the media tried to like, Oh, fan it off. Like, Oh no, those resources weren't real. He's lying. And that wasn't true. And when the story did come out that he wasn't lying and telling the truth, um, they were, it was distractions with Bill Clinton and Michael Lewinsky stuff and him, him, oh, they can't dis- define what sex is to anybody. Um, and then that was around the same time as OJ, I believe. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. had a case that was during that time. So it was a lot of distractions. Speaking of MLK, did you know they denied him a gun permit like three or more times? No, I didn't. But that's interesting. But do you have yeah. anything else that you want to add to the topic? Yeah, this is going to be on the Internet for the foreseeable future. I'm more of a in line with a combination of what Ron Paul said and the war on drugs. Uh, but I would like to tax and regulate some of them as far as the club drugs. And I think that'd be the best way forward since they're making trillions off it. Why can't the American people, you know, open up a business and sell it themselves and kind of make sure the quality is good. That's where the regulation comes in. But, it's a very long process if we ever got to that point. And clubs drug club drugs, I would say, go from marijuana, hash, you know, cocaine, 
uh, let's see, um, I believe MDNA, that's a big one. And then you can have medical uses, heroin, because big pharma, they get heroin, but they put it in pill form. Uh, no, meth is not a uh, club drug. I'll put that into the uh, very bad area and should not be legal. And anyways, and any of those fake drugs that are around, and this is my kind of personal opinion, but all these fake drugs can like literally like kill you, like or destroy your life completely. PCP, meth, uh, fentanyl should be highly regulated. You know, it shouldn't be necessarily, you know, as long as it's I, in a I, I think the thing with the whole drug discussion is the fact that we're, the discussion is on um, what the government's done, their involvement in this. And not I, like I did see someone put in the comment section saying that we should legalize all drugs and then see what happens with the cartel. Then that's a good point. So I really want you know with this episode that everyone like really be focused like on what we're like the whole point of it is because the government's breaking the law. They have uh, locked up a lot of people um, and taken their lives. People have died from this. They either have they even have the illegal drugs that they they're getting money from, and they're also getting money from the pharmaceutical drugs like you and John have brought up. So like with the with treason, you know, I hear what I asked you about what you know. With the people who had to put the information out there, but if we're not sharing the podcast, if we're not sharing the conversations, and we're just like, or not showing up or whatnot, then we're not going to get the word out. We're not going to have the uprising that, that Gary Webb had. And I don't believe that we have any real um, invested um, investigative journalism anymore. Like they don't do that anymore. And you see how they treat people who actually do. Um, that I don't see as having, we don't have those people anymore who would who stick their neck out and sacrifice everything to get this information out to us because we don't appreciate it. We just, um, we just, oh, okay, that's just a news. We forget about it. Next thing, we talk about something else. Like I, as a I, as a nation, I feel like we really have to like gun hole on these certain things. Like if we really want to get rid of the government, like the government wants to lock you up, they have a whole list. They try to have all this evidence to lock you up, but how come we're just sitting here not doing that? We have a whole list of things that we could use to lock up the, the politicians and these, these different agencies that are doing certain things, opposing to just talking about different like pieces, kind of drugs that are out there. Because what Ronald Reagan did was unforgivable. It is regardless if you like Ronald Reagan or not, it's unforgivable. Anything that any president like that has done, unforgivable. What y'all have done to the American people. I don't understand why that's. I don't understand why. Like this is because uh, I on Twitter and you posted on Gab, people are like, oh yeah, this is jacked up. We don't have reporters that were risked to put their neck out anymore because of how we don't even care. They risk their lives and we just let's go on with our days to get the information to us. They keep us poor and fighting, or just or uh, divided amongst each other. And when one or two people jump out of the line and try to say something. They get locked up like uh, Julian Assange or uh, what's the other guy that spoke about an NSA spying that's in Russia? Um, Snowden. And the whistleblowers aren't protected anymore. The corruption's what rules this country. And then we have spying devices, which practically everyone is speaking on one. And it, it just records you and then 
It's like, imagine if the British had this kind of technology where they could see where the patriots are meeting in the in the bars and the churches. I mean, would we be here if they had that kind of spying technology? People are scared. They're frightened. And I don't know what's going to cause us to say this is wrong and do something because it's just the system is so bad, so corrupt, and the government is has been committing treason for a very long time. They have been committing acts of terrorism for a very long time. And all those are punishable by death. And what is done about it? Well, it's time for us to do something about it. We need to start compiling our list of evidence against these, these cricket or <clears throat> this cricket organization. And um, instead of us just saying, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? Then we're just, we're just going to get nowhere. Um, we need to hold the people accountable. It's not going to be through the judicial system because if you also do, you know, we can, like I said, we'll discuss this more in depth later on as well. Um, there's, there's actually was um, the CIA drug trafficking allegations hearing in 1998 with Maxine Waters, Gary, uh, uh, Gary Webb. That this has already been discussed in Congress. So then there's nothing that happened to these people. There's nothing that's been done. So we're going to have to hold them accountable for what they've done. So they're not going to hold themselves accountable. That's that's just crazy to me. But I'm going to read some of the comments, and then we're going to go ahead and close out. Because, I don't, Brady, I said you popped up in here. I didn't see you in the show the whole time, and you're grabbing a mic. And I am not for sure um, what you're going to add to the discussion because I did not see you in here. Um, the entire time. So, um, privacy, thank you so much for coming up and sharing your piece. I'm going to read some of these comments real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and close it out for the day. So, let's see here. All right. Uh, with everyone being all depressed and anxious these days, it would be, it would put a dent in the SSRI. And I don't know what you guys are talking about. Just don't get so high that it's like, okay, okay, y'all aren't talking about the subject. Um, mm -hmm. Let me go from the beginning. Hold on. Okay. Republicans like to brag about ending slavery, but it was Nixon. The Republicans in the United Nations that started the war on drugs, was, which has turned into a form of neo-slavery, Minorities and low-income individuals make up the majority of nonviolent offenders in prison, laboring and rotting away. Absolutely right. Um, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Gary Webb said that in 1977, two investigative reporters found the CIA's um, Jamaican station chief waged a destabilization program against Democratic Socialist leader Michael Mainly. Cuban Bay of Pigs. Okay. Okay. So she's, he was talking about a book, giving us information. Um, whoever controls the legal and illegal side is the one who shall re reap the most profits. $600 billion a year in illicit funding going through laundering and illegal illicit drugs. Yes. I'm going to make sure y'all haven't said anything else in here about stuff. One second. Um... Okay. Nope. All right, we're, talking about, we're just talking about drugs now. So... I'm going to go ahead and close down the anthem. You guys have been fantastic. I appreciate your reading here. 
And I will see y'all tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Bye. Created equal. That they are endowed by their creator. Their creator was. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free.